Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. I am flying solo today. This is Dakota, by the way, if you didn't recognize my voice. Uh, As our lovely Alyssa is having some weird tech issues, it is April Fool's Day, so I'm not really sure if that's contributing to her weird tech issues. But regardless, um, I hope everybody is doing well today. We have a really exciting guest for you. Um... And she's actually somebody that I really look up to and have known for peripherally for quite some time. We kind of always come back into each other's lives every now and again. So it's really exciting to have her back on the cast. But we have Mandy Balick here today with us. Hi, Mandy. How are you? Hey, so good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for saying those kind words. Well, it's true. You are one of the like true and first, dare I say, Boss babes. I hate that saying, honestly. Hey, but- we've retired that <laughs> saying, but I will. <laughs> but the OG, just bosses. Boss. OG. She's an OG boss from Calgary. Mandy, <laughs> um, you know what? Normally, I would give a massive spiel to our followers about who you are, but because we're just soloing it today, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words? Oh, fun. Okay. Hi. Mandy <laughs> <laughs> Malik here. I've uh, lived a thousand lives, done a thousand billion things, I feel like. Um, but no, tr- true and true. And it's, it's you know, you're so right. We've been in kind of known each other peripheral- peripherally for so long. The Calgary community is just, um, it's so incredible. And there's so many amazing entrepreneurs and just humans in this community. And I've been, I've had the, the honor of being a community builder in this city for a decade. And my first business I started in 2012 just had its 10-year anniversary for its date night. Um, It's now expanded to Date Night Canada. And um, I've just recently exited that business. So we can chat about that. Um, I created a magazine. Uh, It was called Branded Magazine. That was a, a publication for millennials here in Calgary, really a celebration of everything that Calgary is and was and was becoming. And I have a company called the Ace Collective, which represents uh, women entrepreneurs. We have activations all across Canada, uh, now mostly online, thanks COVID. But uh, <laughs> we are a membership community and coaching community for women entrepreneurs. And, and my goal is to really open doors for women entrepreneurs any any chance that I can. And, and my current business uh, with Ace is really... It's like a representation of everything that I wish I had over the years, over the last 10 years and building my businesses. Um, So it's really exciting. We have about 300 members. We offer some different uh, online education coaching programs for entrepreneurs. We have a live conference and event that's coming back this year, which is really exciting. It's called the Rise Conference, which is amazing. And um, other than, than that, you know, what I'm really passionate about is new experiences, traveling, taking, hanging out with my my husband and my dog, uh, getting on planes whenever we can. My dog, Tony, you might hear him at some point during this podcast. <laughs> totally cool. <laughs> Bailey is... Uh, my dog, Bailey, will probably also make an appearance at some point. 
it's like not a Zoom call in these times if you don't have like <laughs> a spouse behind you or like a dog barking or whatever. Yeah, like, here we are. We're in our homes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yes. You have done so many cool things. Um, and I remember when we first met, you had your office with Brandon. We worked with you. When I was working in agency, I worked with you guys a couple of times with a couple of our clients. Um, and yeah, I just feel like, and then I feel like the second time we kind of saw each other, you were doing some cool stuff with ATB and I came to an awards show and got to see you present. That was so cool. Um, throwbacks. I know, right. And then of course I've been following along for sure for some time. Um, so Maddie, why don't you tell us a little bit about your branded days? Like, let's start, let's go back in time and and uh, talk about all the cool stuff you did once you graduated from school. Because one of the most impressive things that I love about Mandy is when she was still in school, and please correct me if, if this narrative is incorrect, but from what I know, when you were still in school, you started um, It's Date Night Unbranded. And it was like a school project, no? Yeah. So Date Night, date night originally was founded in NT381 at UFC while I was doing my commerce degree there. And, uh, yeah, it was in my third year of university and I was, I was going back and forth between like, what the heck am I going to do with my life? And I took entrepreneurship as, um, an elective course and it was like, oh, that's an easy filler. I'll just put that in because finance is hard. (laughs) And, uh, I, I remember like, I remember sitting in the front row of that class and I'm, I'm historically like, I'm a doing person. I'm not, I'm not a textbook. Like I don't like to learn that way. I like to learn by doing. And so school has always been a challenge for me. Like I've always loved learning, but I just like to do it my own way. A little rebellious there, but I, I remember sitting in the front row of that classroom and falling in love on day one. And and Sandra Malik, she was um she was a lawyer. She 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 had a mouth on her, I tell you. And mm-hmm. and the way that she story told and you know just painted the picture of of what it actually looked like to be an entrepreneur. I was so I was in. I was like, ooh, that's oh, that's that's what I could do with all these ideas that keep me up at night. Oh, I never really even thought about that. And um, I always knew I wanted to be a CEO, but I never really thought about starting my own company. And and um, so I was in on day one. And then throughout the term, I worked on um, a project and it was like a business that you wanted to start and run. And relationships are an important value to me. And I had this common theme in every relationship I was in that was like, Friday night would roll around and it's like, what do you want to eat for dinner? And and it would turn into like this by, I don't know, what do you want to do? I don't know, what do you want to do? Like so relatable, right? Like we all have this. We make so many big decisions in a day, making little ones like where to go eat is a is a struggle. And so I wanted to solve that problem. And I wanted to, um, I was from Vancouver and I just moved to Calgary and I didn't really know this city very well. And so I really, I was pounding pavement, figuring things out, like checking the city out and, and really kind of studying everything that, that Calgary had to offer. And so... I wanted to put a resource together that was a, a guide for for everything to do on a date night to make this easy, and I wanted it to be like the easy button for date night planning, you know. Um, so, uh, so the semester went on, worked on this, pitched the class, I won the school project, and the next thing you know, I was incorporating the company, working with a developer, and the last year of university, I spent. I convinced a lot of my instructors to 
let me use that time to do R&D, to do research, to like... I even got a few other students that were assigned to help me and look at the market opportunity and support me. And so I launched while I was still in university. I hadn't even graduated yet. And I remember I actually missed my graduation because I was in Edmonton um, pitching for a TELUS Venture Prize. And I got a bunch of like startup awards early in, in that year in 2013 when I had just started. So it was a whirlwind to say the least. And it definitely was um, the catalyst for me starting my next business too. Because once I once I really started hit the ground running and like connecting with all the business owners, the restaurants in the city, I started to connect with them and like fell in love with these entrepreneurs and fell in love with people's stories. Like my job at that time was like, let me sit down with you and get to know you. Right. And especially as someone that was totally new to this city, I was starting from scratch on, on my Rolodex, my complete all relationships. And it was like, knock on doors, knock on doors, pound pavement, pound pavement, try and get a meeting, try and get a meeting. And through that experience, I realized how rich the city was in, you know, just like the stories and the people. And um, that led me to being like, ooh, there's something missing here with what I'm offering with Date Night. And I wanted another platform to share more of the, the storytelling aspect, right? Like Date Night was like the guide for what to do, but branded was kind of the stories um, behind the scenes of those people. So it was a couple of years. It was um, it was 2014 that I ended up starting branded, and that was fun having two startups on my hand. I'll tell you, oh my gosh, um, <laughs> I can't, I can't. Like it gives me heart palpitations. It was crazy. It was definitely crazy. I mean, I could write a book on those two years alone, but. Yeah, uh, but it was uh, those were Are you going to. <laughs> I, I am in the process of writing a book right now. Actually, Are you serious? I'm yeah, kidding. I am. And um, I mean, this last decade, the decade, this decade has been crazy. And the things that I have seen and done, and cr- the thing, the fire that I've walked through, it's it's you couldn't possibly ever know. I mean, everything looks on looks so rosy on social media, right? But like. The things behind the scenes have been have been nuts, and and I feel like COVID gave me that perspective, even to like take a step back and say, "Holy, like you've been through a lot, and all of us have been through a lot." And we're, I'll just speak for myself in the sense that like I'm always moving so fast, and it's like you know, this is the ladies who launch podcast. I know that their audience is ambitious women that are like, let's launch, let's go, let's do. And like, that is my middle name. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. It's like, 100%. I am so, I love starting things. I love ideas. I love bringing them to life. And that it also has been a big fast track to uh, navigating burnout and managing anxiety and stress and and all of that, right? And I've I've created that all on my own. So I digress. Uh, those no, early... I'm, I'm resonating so much with everything you're saying. Um, and I know we kind of tangentially went into another conversation here, but I kind of love that we're being super ADHD about our topics here. Squirrel. <laughs> to me, Squirrel. that's the mark of a great conversation. But I just want to point out that like I, what you said about like, you know, my response to you is, wow, you know, two startups gives me heart palpitations, but I'm also so similar to you in that I literally have a notebook beside my bed where I'll wake up at 2am, write stuff down. And I, there are so many things I want to do under the social center umbrella. Um, but we have very luckily been very like insanely busy over the last two years. And 
same here, like navigated so much burnout. I'm still working through huge anxiety issues. I actually started micro dosing uh, like two weeks ago cool. and helping my, that's like a whole other conversation <laughs> anxiety management. But in any event, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend last night about business. We were talking about business. We were also talking about like skydiving. And the only way I can think of it is like, I feel like for women like us and our, and my fault, our followers with ladies who launch, I feel like we, we know what too much work will do, but we want it. And we want to jump out of the plane and do all the cool things. But you got to know how to manage the burnout and the anxiety. And so coming back to the conversation to running these two startups when you were like at a very young age, just out of school, um, like what was that? What was it like? Like the thing I remember about Brandon was you had a pretty big team. Like what was it? Yeah. There's a lot of humans. It was like, I often walked into the office and I was like, how the heck do I pay you all? Like, I have no idea. Um, now this is pre me really understanding what it took to run a business as well. So I was shooting in the dark. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, we had a team of about... Uh, I would say like it was eight people, eight or nine full-time people that were working between Branded and Date Night. And we had a... I loved... Oh my God, that team. They were family. And that makes the world of a difference, especially when you're really like in it and getting started is the people at your table. And I love those girls so much. A few of them were still connected. And, you know, every once in a while, those Facebook messages that are those Facebook memories that pop up, it's like photos of all of us. And I just send them to all of them and have a good cry and just remember those days. But those were formative years. Like those were formative years. And as we talk about like, what's, you know, stress and energy management and all of that stuff. It's like, that was just part of, it was part of the story, part of the journey. And, uh, it was, it was a lot, it was stressful. And there were, there were days, I mean, I had no idea. I always pushed up against failure. I feel like every single day in, in those two years, because the burn rate was high, um, selling, advertising is a really tough game. It's certainly not why I started the business. So it was like, you know, I recognized that everything I was doing every day was even that much more exhausting because it wasn't me playing in my zone of genius. It wasn't me playing in my strengths. It was doing what was required to make the business work. And then I'd be like selling all day. And then at night, I would have to turn my CEO hat on and say, okay, now I need to run the business. So it was really endless. And uh, it was really endless. But I wouldn't trade those years because again, like what I do now is is solving these challenges and these problems for women entrepreneurs because I believe that there is a better way. Mm -hmm. And if I looked back, I was like, oh, I just want to give that girl a hug. I just want to give that girl a hug. And and my lessons learned are like, you know, energy management is one of the most important things that we do as an entrepreneur. Now, I ask this question on my own podcast all the time to like seasoned entrepreneurs. I'm like, do you think it's possible to build a business without burning yourself out? Like, is it actually possible? And no one has been able to give me a straight answer because all of these, you know, especially people that have been at it for 20 years or so, 
they sort of tiptoe around it because I, I don't think we want to, I, I think we want to like manage expectations. But one thing that I am hearing over and over again, and, and what I experience myself is like, there are seasons and there are chapters of your business that require you to hustle, that require you to give it all, that require you to stay up late and do it. And there's ways that you can manage and protect yourself in those times just as much as in times where, you know, things are maybe flowing a little bit more easeful, et cetera. Right. And so those are, um, those are tools that I have learned to cultivate and tools that I incorporate into, you know, the ACE membership community and, and helping these women acknowledge that you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't create ideas from an empty cup. You can't solve problems. And being an entrepreneur is all about making decisions. And so you need a clear head. You need sleep. Oh, you need to protect yourself. <laughs> like, and I was running on like fumes back then. Yeah, same. I mean, I remember an agency. I was actually probably the only person that I know that was excited to burn out. I, <laughs> that's who I because like I was just like, oh my god, I get to work with like ten different clients, and I don't care that I have to. And like my ex, so I'm I'm divorced, and my ex hubs, he's a pretty well known lawyer in Calgary, and an entrepreneur. Um, like forever. Like he's got a million side hustles on and he's like always doing something cool. So we fed that to each other all the time. It was like, it was like, okay, come home after, you know, maybe like an eight to 10 hour day, have what, uh, have dinner and then go back to work. We like each had our own executive mm-hmm. offices. Mm-hmm. And, but we loved it. We like thrived off of that. And then of course, um, when we like both in our marriage and when we parted ways, we learned about burnout in probably yeah. the worst ways possible. Yeah. Um, and I just remember being like, wow, this isn't sustainable. And oh, if I actually want to have a family one day, like I can't do both. I can't do yeah. both. And I can't live my life like this. And in general, I just can't live my life like this. Like my freaking hair is falling out. Like it's just not a good thing. Um, so with the ACE Collective, um, and then just pulling from your experience of the past, What's something you can tell our listeners about that? Something you do on the daily, maybe a couple things you do on the daily to protect your energy and find balance or or like work-life integration as I like to call it. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful because I I think that it's never perfect. Right. And I, yeah, work-life integration or like the work-life blender. Um, That's great. The work-life blender. Boundaries are so, so important. And I have, I have really learned to create very healthy boundaries. So I'll share a little bit about that as far as, um, as far as daily sort of non-negotiables, I'm, really consistent with a few things. And morning routine is a very important one to me. I actually recognized that my phone was a real struggle to be consistent with of like keeping out of the bedroom, etc. Because I had like my meditation apps and things on it. So then it would be, you know, I'd reach for my phone in the morning to do something like that. And then I'd see an email or a text and I'd like get triggered into anxiety and like, my cortisol would be up and then my morning routine was over. And so I actually got a second phone and it doesn't have any data. Like it doesn't have, you can't text me. I don't, there's no emails on it. Like there's no communication on it. It's simply to host all of my uh, self-care apps and things. So I do my meditation app on there. I have my morning mantras and, and, and like guided journal prompts and stuff like all on this one little tool. 
And I keep that in the room and I keep my other phone downstairs. So I don't look at anyone else, at what anyone else is communicating with me until after I've taken care of myself. And some days it's shorter and some days it's longer. In a perfect world, I get up at six, I make a pot of coffee, I get back in bed with my journal, uh, journal out like, how are you feeling today? How, what, how do you want to set the direction for your day today? How do you want to show up today? Just those few moments of intentionality and then sort of brain dumping like, are there worries on my mind? Are there things on my mind? Getting it out just creates space uh, to show up intentionally and show up the way that I want to do want to do that. I'll drink my coffee in bed. I'll read a little bit. Like again, some days it's five minutes. It's like read two pages and some days it's luxurious and there's 30 minutes, right? Um, I'll take my dog for a little walk around the block and then I'll get ready and listen to a podcast or something and then I'll get my day started. But the pulls of the pings and pongs and like everyone having access to you, I think shutting down access to you and creating boundaries on like when people get access to you or not is so important. I've learned if you do not claim space for yourself, someone else will claim that space for you. So deciding like what do you need to do to start your day? So morning routine is a really, really important one. And then boundaries around notifications and communication. So this is the like the fastest way to get less emails is to respond to less emails. <laughs> like, um, and I don't mean like avoid people, but set times where you're going to check. Don't just be in reactionary mode all the time. And I used to be the girl that was like, ping, 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 like fire things off right away. But your, your nervous system is always going to be in reaction mode if you are like that. If you, we, we, treat, we show people how to treat us, right? So if you're constantly responding fast, then people will know that you're always online and then they always expect you to respond fast. Again, that takes away from your energy. So I have two email times a day that I'm jumping in there for 30 minutes. I'm checking things out. I'm looking for flags. My assistant is like um, organizing them for me so that it's easy. Um, and I'm doing that. And then I've got do not disturb on my phone all day long. And my family and my friends know, like, I'll respond to you after 4pm. And that's, that's, uh, that's what's necessary. I like you kind of joked about like the ADHD thing, but like, I really struggle with focus. And I really struggle with my memory. So I've had to really create uh, systems for myself to stay in flow. Like flow doesn't just happen. You have to create flow. And for me, flow comes from focus. And every time um, there's a ping or a pong or a notification or like an app or blah, blah, blah going off, you're getting pulled out of flow and you're getting pulled out of focus. And it can take on average, this is an actual stat, on average, it takes 25 to 30 minutes to get back into focus of what you were doing. So you could potentially be losing like three hours a day in time by having notifications on. So what would you do with 15 extra hours a week? <laughs> I would go to the mountains. I would take care of myself. I'd go, I would put that into myself, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. yeah, those are like daily non-negotiables and movement must happen. Yeah. Oh my God, this is all so refreshing even to me just because you and I have a very similar morning routine. Um, I actually also have an evening routine that is completely non-negotiable and it's been a struggle to, to, to set that boundary because when you go for drinks with friends or for dinner, 
or you like, I have really bad bedtime procrastination. <laughs> yeah. Like where I feel like if I, I see have, you in your notebook and your laptop with <laughs> ideas, you're like, I feel fired up right now. I get, you. well, I get very like my window of sleepiness is honestly 4 PM to 7 PM and then 7 PM hits and I'm like ready to go again. Like my, yeah. my best flow periods are early in the morning and late at night. Yeah. Um, but I also like, it pisses me off that I'm all wrapped up again at seven because I want to be winding down. So I actually started a really good routine where I have like a collagen tea that has mm. melatonin in it. Oh, um, what is that? Little... Send me the link, please. I need this. Well, yeah. And then I actually found some really great CBD teas as well that really calm down my nervous system because like you, I get very triggered. And I actually, I've never looked into this. It's something I'm going to do this year, but I'm pretty certain I have ADHD. And I think actually a lot of people do. Um, like it's very... A lot of entrepreneurs do for sure. Yeah. It's super. And like I, same here. Like, and because I do social, um, you know, like I'll, I'll be posting for a client or doing community engagement and I'll see something interesting. Like, oh, the Formula One race posted an update. <laughs> and I'm just like, Shit. rabbit hole <laughs> and your day is gone <laughs> yeah, totally right uh, but anyway yeah I think I, that's so refreshing to hear that somebody that's got so much on the go has those boundaries um, and is really working to that so I hope you guys found that valuable because I sure did um, yeah. so one really important question I have for you Mandy so I think a lot of people especially over the last 24 months are having to reimagine their businesses and potentially in some cases, close up shop entirely and start fresh. Yeah. What was that like for you with uh, when Branded kind of um, ran its course and you moved into yeah. other things? Like, how did you deal with that emotion? And like, what are some things people can do to not feel like have imposter syndrome, for instance, or get yeah. excited about a new venture and not just be upset that their one thing maybe didn't work out? Yeah, this is such an important topic to dive into and I'm I'm happy to get vulnerable and and share this because a powerful lesson learned as well on how I handled failure then and how I handle it now. So then 2016, you know, we had put out um we had put out 16 issues of branded. It was it had financially, it didn't make any sense. I didn't have the support I needed from the community. I didn't have the support that I needed from business partners. I didn't have the support I needed financially. Like I was, I was running so fast to try and make something so big and I didn't set myself up responsibly. And it did come crumbling down and in a, in a really, in a really chaotic and disastrous kind of way. And this was a very public thing. I mean, we were the I, the pulse of the finger on the pulse of Calgary is literally one of our taglines. And so when you've got like 27,000 Instagram followers to let know about this, and you've got a client roster of like 250 people you're working with, and you've got to send these, the, this note out, like it was... It was uh, it was really hard for me to not take that all personally and take that all on myself. And um, I identified with my business so much, like my identity was so intertwined with my business. I was the magazine. I was the face. I was, you know, in, and and maybe this resonates for your listeners too that are building maybe personal brands or something that is so close and personal to to their heart. 
And so I also took on because of because my identity was so tied to the 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 magazine. Um, I also took on the identity of the failure. And so when the magazine shut down, I really had a hard time looking in the mirror and seeing anything but a failure looking back at me. And that was debilitating. I could there were days where I couldn't get out of bed. There were I was um, destructive in my behavior and how I was taking care of myself. I was drinking a lot. I was like closet smoking. I was um, numbing out through fitness. Uh, like I was teaching spin at the time too, and I was trying to like pay my rent teaching nine spin classes a week. And it was it was a lot. I was very unhealthy. And I was also hiding from everybody because I didn't really think that I was worthy of relationships. I didn't think I was worthy of um, intimacy and connection. And so it was really, it was easier for me to just armor up and build a wall. And I also recognized at that time that I didn't have a lot of people that I could be vulnerable with and a lot of people that intimately we were connected and they knew who I was as a human because I was just the girl that had the magazine and they wanted me to write about them. And so it was like, there were so many fake relationships and connection. And so I, I, I think life just felt really out of alignment and really gross at that time. And I didn't have the tools to recognize that I was not a failure. The business was a failure. And I have those tools now. And I recognize that now. And I believe it's so important that we ha- that we practice like healthy non-attachment with our businesses. Because if we are... If we call like our business our baby, which is fine. Your you can your business can be your baby. You can take care of it, but like you have to also let it grow and recognize that it's not you. Um, we also take on the failure. We take on the we take it personally if a launch doesn't go well. What if no one buys? That is so separate from you and your worth as a human being. It it is so different. It does not. It's not the same thing. Okay, is not the same thing. So healthy non-attachment is like, okay, I am successful no matter what my business does. I am worthy no matter what my business does. If if no one signs up, if I make zero dollars, if the launch flops, like who cares? We create, we can create something again, right? All these things are recreatable. So the reimagining part came for me like about a year after and I invested in mentorship I had I was I was invested in leveling up the people at my table because like I said like I recognized I didn't have the right people at my table at all and once I started to do that I started to really in, um go down this personal growth path and recognize like the mindset that I was carrying recognized the you know, just the um, the importance of failure, actually. And I think that failure is our number one resource. I think it is our number one resource for expansion. I welcome failure at this point. And there's Tony speak in the background. Oh, all good. Hey, Tony. Hey, um, but I think, you know... Failure is our number one resource for expansion. And I think it's Bob Proctor or something that I heard that from for the first time. It's um, it's a process that really creates your identity. And failure is a big part of that. Um, our destination, the outcome, the results, they're never promised. And as much as we can make best guesses and plans and strategies pre-pandemic or during, like... We literally don't have a crystal ball. We are all we can be responsible for is our effort. And 
there's a lot to learn about yourself and the person that you become when you're in those trenches and when you're in the failure and it's how you decide to get back up and how you use that failure as information to grow, to change, to evolve, right? And you know, you talk about uh, the last couple of years, the last 24 months, like, holy, we have all opened ourselves up to failure in ways uneven imaginable and our nervous systems are all shot because the thing about pivoting is every time we pivot, it opens us up to a new failure. It opens us up to the unknown. It opens us up to uncertainty. So not only is the landscape and the environment of the world, the climate of the world uncertain, but we're like, okay, I'm going this way. And then like, boom, we got to go this way. Okay, new path. Oh shit, is this going to work? Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome shows up every time we're doing something new. But like, if you're an entrepreneur, you need to put imposter syndrome in your pocket and recognize it's always going to be there because you are blazing trails. Of course, you're going to feel like an imposter. You've never done it before, but you know what? No one else has done it before either because it's your path, right? So you can have imposter syndrome like in riding shotgun with you, but like just don't let it drive. Don't let it drive. So I think failure is um, a beautiful resource if we embrace failure, we can expand, we can use it to expand. But if we, the opposite of that is like holding on to control and perfectionism, and that's what freezes us. That's what freezes us. So healthy non-attachment, you go into any launch, you go into the, anything, like it's about flexing that confidence that you have in yourself and that inner knowing with yourself, that trust with yourself, that you're efforting. Your effort is all you can be control over and not attaching yourself to the outcome, right? And when we can loosen that grip, we can also create more ease and we can create like the different energy in our business as well. And practicing ease in all aspects of our business is how we can start creating more ease in our life as well. So... Oh, so beautifully said. And thank you for getting vulnerable with us. Like hearing you say that even triggered some stuff in me that I've had with my own business um, as well. And it really is such a roller coaster at times. Um, And yeah, thank you for that. That's such great advice. Um, So let's fast forward to now and chat a little bit about the ACE Collective and particularly the ACE class. And um, kind of like, how did that evolve? Tell us a little bit about it and tell us kind of who's, who's involved in that. Talk about pivoting. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, it's been, you know, pre-COVID, we were 85% of our revenue was live events. And so when I started, so come back to this like getting up moment, when I got back up out of that shitstorm that I was sitting in after shutting down branded, I realigned with my values. And when I realigned with my values and you know, recognized got got back to like who I was and what was important to me and the things that fuel me as an entrepreneur, things like growth, things like community, things like relationships, things like creating impact. Um, I also recognized that I wanted to create space for vulnerability and real conversations for women entrepreneurs because social media is a beautiful thing. And it also is the highlight reel. And all of us are comparing our hustle and our dark nights of the soul to someone else's like beautiful feed, right? Yeah. And that was not true for me. And I wanted a place where we could talk about like the the thorns, not just the roses. Um, so when I created Ace in 2017, it was based around a brunch series. Again, I don't use this term anymore, but it was Babes Who Brunch. Um, and that was cute. This was these were the times when I think women weren't even fully 
all in on like supporting each other. I think we've come a long way since 2017, but it was, this was like Me Too movement was just happening around this time as well. And it was like women were finally showing up at the table and celebrating each other. And it was perfectly timed for when this brunch series was starting. We expanded all across the country within six months. I was in six cities. I was traveling 3,000 kilometers for... Um, for brunch. And I was creating community without even being in community. And it was all around this, uh, all around this value of let's get vulnerable, let's get real, let's support each other. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful. Like, and so a started at the brunch table and of course it has evolved, but it's now more about the people at your table. And we show up in a different way, you know, through online education, through online co-working, online Zoom rooms, online mentorship, online business coaching. Um, and it's evolved and shifted, but it's still the same. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. still it the, the it's still the same. And if anything, it's provided more of an opportunity for us to be accessible and um, you know to get in more rooms with 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 more people. Now that's the the rosy version of it. The shit version of it is this last two years has been so freaking hard, and I lost myself in it. Um, I hid for almost a year actually during the pandemic, and I felt like you know to sort of paint a picture of of this. It was like it was like one blow after another and one pivot after another. And it was like one failed thing after another. And it was kind of like, ugh, like I just, even with all the tools in the toolkit, it was just like exhausting. And I was so emotionally depleted. And even though I held this like vision and I knew where I needed to get to and I knew what I needed to do, I was so tired. And holding space for team, holding space for community, creating community online in this time, showing up for everybody else. Like, oh, my boundaries were out the window early COVID. It was like, I was showing up on social media every day, doing an Instagram live series called Morning Mindset, trying to hold people. Now, I've now worked on my own saving issues in therapy here, but um, but that's, you know, that really burnt me out. It was a beautiful thing to do, but it really burnt me out. And so um, that that led me to spend some time hiding. And I felt like for a while there, I was kind of looking at my business and it was like, Ooh, like someone should put that fire out, but like, I'm too tired to do that (laughs) and just let it burn for a little bit. And then I had to really go into, uh, fixing myself, like working on myself. Like this is where these boundaries came from of, Okay, morning routine, non-negotiable. Okay, Mandy, like fill your cup, non-negotiable. Get back to you. And once I got back to you, I was able to, or back to me, I was able to come back into the vision and then start stewarding the vision again and start going again. And um, so now we have completely evolved the business. Um, I did my coaching certification as well last year, and I was already doing business coaching and consulting with a lot of our members. I've always worked with different um, organizations on the side. Like facilitation is one of my favorite things, and especially on like planning, strategy, vision components. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to do that at scale, and I wanted to offer that for, to women entrepreneurs and specifically like women that are just starting out in their um, in their businesses lessons learned. And uh, so I built my first online course in 2020. And that sort of... I got that download like in March when everything was shutting down. I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Put this out. And I did three successful launches back to back of the Level Up Lab, which was awesome. Um, And then I put it on a shelf for a bit. And I'm in the process of relaunching all those things right now. So just in January 2022, I feel like we're sort of back. 
And we are now opening our doors and have more um, in-depth programs for entrepreneurs and CEOs and, and entrepreneurs that want to learn how to have the mindset of a CEO, want to learn how to grow, want to grow responsibly, want to you know make sure that we are sustainable in our growth. Um, we do a lot with numbers. We do a lot of financial confidence, a lot of business basics around the finances. We operate the profit first model. We have health and wellness rituals and toolkits and things like that. So it's kind of a comprehensive playbook for everything you need to be an entrepreneur. And we have anywhere from um, early stage entrepreneurs that are pre-money to uh, entrepreneurs that are in the like three to five million a year that are in our mastermind or like forum groups, right? So it's kind of all it's it's kind of um, all over, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's beautiful. This new era of entrepreneurship that's that's in front of us right now is we are realigning and we are recreating our businesses in ways that feel good for us. Mm-hmm. And bigness and success has really changed over the last couple of years. Like I've seen more entrepreneurs say, you know what, like we're scaling back, less is more, less revenue equal less stress, more profit, more lifestyle. Um, People are leaving their corporate jobs to start businesses. And that is amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Artists are coming to the table, creators, mothers, like anyone can do this. And having community, the right people at your table, the right tools, all of it is so, so important. So it makes me excited to see people right now like starting things and launching things. And um, I think it's really, really amazing. And and Ace Collective is a beautiful community to support all levels of that. That's amazing. That's really great. And even just some of the basic stuff you mentioned, I actually just read um, the book Profit First oh, uh, so good. over Christmas. And it like... Oh, such a great book. Um, one of our previous guests recommended it to us. Um, and that author just ha- writes a lot of great stuff too. But yeah. but yeah, there's so many things you don't think about when you start a business. And I mean, I've had a couple of friends start businesses since I started Social Centric. And I've kind of coached them through some stuff. But the amount of stuff you continually learn too, it's really nice to have all of that in one spot. 100%. Yeah. Honestly, Mandy, I could talk to you forever, but I, we're actually getting close to like almost an hour here. So I'm yes. going to pivot into our last couple of questions. Yes. Um, and honestly, for all of you guys who want to find out more about Mandy, she's she's incredible. So feel free within reason to you know reach out to her. And um, of course, we will link to everything in the show notes about Mandy. DM me on Instagram if you're... That's <laughs> yeah, the exactly. fastest way to get all of me. <laughs> right. Perfect. Um, so what are you reading right now? I'm reading a book called Energy. I'm reading so many books. I feel like I have all these like half half oscillating books. Um, I am reading uh, Mel Robbins, the High Five High Five High Five Effect. It's so good, um, and she talks about how important it is to celebrate yourself and like give yourself a high five. So um, great book. It's a really great audio book. Um, and I have a little post-it on my mirror in the morning that says like, give yourself a high five. And that's from Mel Robbins. And I love, love, love that. Um, I'm reading Energy Codes. I'm reading a book on accountability and uh, and building building team. And I feel like I'm missing something. I don't know. I can't visualize the bedside table right now, but it's... <laughs> I love that. I have like five books constantly on the go as well. Yeah. Um, like I'll have like a fun book, a business book, and then just like something else. 
Yeah. Um, my husband and I always read a relationship book together too. So we're reading, um, I heard you right. Or I hear you right now. Um, so that's good. So every, every quarter we're like, what's our relationship book that we're going to read together. And, um, so that's a really good one. It talks about active listening, being present with your partner. Recommend. Oh, I love that. There's this new, um, cards against humanity deck out too right now. That's for specifically for relationships. Oh, I should send you a link. My, my girlfriend and her partner use it and they like do it once a week. They just, Oh, I'm going to look that up. Yes. Yeah. Collagen and CBD tea nighttime routine. And <laughs> you're going to love this. Okay. I'm like, I like those two go together. <laughs> I got this collagen, um, product. Okay. I don't know why, but the bedtime routine movies from celebrities always calm me down. Um, so I actually got this particular suggestion from Courtney Kardashian. Um, she, she collabed with, um, one of the collagen, one of the best collagen producers. I can't remember their name right now, but anyway, they made like a strawberry milk, moon milk together. So that's what I'm going to be sending you a link to, but I'll link, I'll link to it in the show notes too, in case anybody. Yes, please. Um, so I was going to say to you, um, Oh yes, I was going to ask you who inspires you right now. Oh, who inspires me right now? Right now, I'm so inspired by a lot of my members and the entrepreneurs. Like, I'm so dialed in and connected. Like, I'm in all these like WhatsApp groups with all of them, and I'm just like a hype woman accountability buddy. And like, watching them make moves is so freaking inspiring for me. Um, impact is one of my core values, and so when I can see the impact of my work, that it that keeps me going and keeps me fired up. Um, but like these women, you know, it's Monday morning. I put an intention in there. I'm like, what's your intention for the week? What are you going after this week? And then Friday, I'm like, celebrate your wins. And like, I'm seeing the most incredible actions being taken and wins being taken. So the women of the ACE community, you are giving me life. <laughs> I love that. I have to say too, uh, this week, something popped up on my reels uh, around like, I only have time for fuck yes energy. And I was like, that is Mandy in a nutshell. I posted that reel. I, I redid that reel. It's on my feed. I know. It's, you don't know how many people DM'd me and were like, this is you. You need to do this. I was like, that's so funny that that's my reputation. If it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. <laughs> love it. I love it. I saw it and I was like, that is so Mandy in a nutshell. And I'm talking to her. That's so crazy. It was an absolute pleasure having this conversation with you. What a great way to start a Friday. Um, thank you so much for coming on and I'm going to have to have you back. Like I feel like there's so much to talk about. I love it. I love my podcast friends. So thank you so much for having me. And it's so nice to see you. And uh, thanks for doing this amazing work and supporting women entrepreneurs. I think, you know, we're both in the space of just opening doors for women every chance we can. And as women entrepreneurs, we need to be constantly sending the elevator down for each other. And um, it's that's that's so important. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 